0: Hey, everybody, I'm Anna McEwen. And now for Bob Switzer with the Epic Narrative. Well, glory. Welcome back once again to the Epic Narrative. We have got more twists and turns of the family legacy of the 12 tribes of Israel. Oh, Father Abraham did not make a family that wasn't complicated and honestly what families aren't complicated because we all have to deal with stuff we all have to deal with brothers and fathers and favoritism and discipline or lack thereof we have to deal with bad choices and the results thereof we we got all kinds of stuff involved in family and and god doesn't really hide that which i appreciate so here in genesis chapter 30 we have rachel Verse one, when Rachel saw that she was not bearing Jacob any children, she became jealous of her sister. She said to Jacob, give me children or I die. Well, that's a little dramatic. But if you recall at the end of uh, Genesis 29, which I kind of hit flippantly at the end of last uh, episode, I want to go back there. Leah knows that she's a second tiered wife. She knows it. She knows it, and in doing so, um, we have that that verse in Genesis twenty nine thirty one where it says, "When the Lord saw that Leah was not loved, He enabled her to conceive, but Rachel remained childish, childless." Another whole thing. All right. So in that moment, right in that verse, I should say, in that verse, we get this weird. um, It's it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, but but what is what is implied here is that God plays petty little uh, tit for tat games. He looks down at Leah and says, "Oh, she was used and abused by her father, forced into a situation where she was raped by a by a man who didn't know that that he that it was her in the bed, so it was raped from her perspective. So she was used and abused, raped." And then, and then dis, in essence, discarded a few days later by Jacob because he was going to marry the woman of his dreams, the one that he had worked seven years for and thought he was going to get, which would be Rachel. And then he had to work seven more years. So during the seven years, he's clearly sleeping with both women. Because we see a list of sons that Leah becomes pregnant with in the end of ch- uh, chapter 29. So in all of this, she's trying to find love. She's trying to find acceptance. And you can tell by the names of her children. It's it's sad. It really is a, a sad paragraph of verses. She's desperate for love. She's she's desperate to be noted as the wife of Jacob, as the wife of Jacob who is who is continuing the family line through the, you know, in accordance with the blessing of Abraham. It's like so much about this should be a blessing to her, and yet over and over and over again, she knows that she's being rejected. And we see that because of verse one, chapter 30, when Rachel is jealous of her sister. I don't know if you've ever been around jealous people. They are no fun, because everything the other person does, they hate. It doesn't matter how good it is. It doesn't matter how funny it is. It doesn't matter how how generous it is. They're not good enough. The jealous person just is filled with bitterness, anger, frustration, a desire to pull down like you can't imagine the things that Rachel thought of to try and get back at her sister little petty things and trust me we'll see another one we'll see another one like in verse I don't know 15 these two girls are probably both 20 21 years old well no seven it's this is this is 7 years later so they're in their mid seven uh, mid 20s mid to late 20s they've been living together their whole lives, and now they share the same husband. And evidently, toward after the last son that was conceived by Leah, which uh, was Judah, right, which meant this time I will praise the Lord. Judah is the is the, the you know was considered the tribe of praise. So after that, when it looks as though Rachel kind of demanded that Jacob only sleep with her until she has a baby, because she is jealous of Leah, Leah's got all these sons, Leah, Leah is, you know, is raising them, and they're, they're growing, and they're strong, and they're, and they're, they're, you know, they're everything that sons should be, and Leah's doing that, because she wants that kind of acceptance, and, and uh, love from her husband, she wants love from a man, and this whole situation right is is uh, just carries with it this misogynistic is that is that is that the word Bob help me out. You think so too? It's just a male dominated culture. Thank you. That's really that's really what we're seeing here. That women were just looked on in a in a horrible thing they weren't looked on as equals. They weren't looked on as as equal in value, equal in in uh you know in intelligence. Equal for resources, they were looked on like objects to be traded, to be sold, to be used, to be abused, and that's the way uh, Laban had raised his daughters. They were just tools. He used them as tools to get into, or in his mind, access to the wealth of Abraham, which he knew to be great. And even though uh, Jacob didn't show up with any, Jacob is is you know generating. Uh, the blessings of God on Laban he knows it's the blessings of God. he knows the blessings of Abraham. he's trying to keep him here. He tries to force Jacob to put down roots. he tries to give you know he not, Jacob doesn't have any resources but he he brings them he brings Jacob into the family so that the resources that Jacob is generating Jacob also gets to enjoy. Oh it is it is a mess. It's a mess. When it comes to the male-female uh, relationships here, and and the mere fact that you know that Laban would throw his wife, uh, throw his daughter into the marriage bed of a man that he knows, he knows was supposed to was contracted to marry the other girl. He does it all to continue to entrap Jacob. There is no consideration of Leah. So Leah is desperate for love and acceptance. And, and in that acceptance or in that desperation, she believes that it's God who's doing this. And trust me, when we see things that don't look like God's character, we go back to the beginning, go back to the opening, and we say that isn't in God's character. God does not play petty games. He is pure light, pure love, pure trust. So when you look at that and say, well, God allowed Leah to have children and Rachel, he you know, didn't allow to conceive, that's. That's a thought of man, that's a translator, that's a writer, that's somebody who put that in there because it fit the paradigm of the people that they were writing to, but it's not the paradigm of the character of God. And it's very important, I think, that we maintain that kind of mentality when we read scripture, because if we don't, it gets, it gets crazy. Because if we don't, we look at these verses, which many, many, many ministers have done, and when they say, well, this is the word of God. And the word of God makes it clear that women can be used, that men are dominant, that women are, are there to you know, fulfill their role as family uh, generators, sons and daughter generators, raisers of the children, and men are to dominate. dominate And you can look at it and say, yes, that's the word of God. Or you look at it and say, no, it's not God. How do I know it's not God? Because I go back to the beginning. That's not how God behaves. I go to the life of Jesus who is here to show us what God looked like, and it's not how God behaves. So when I read something that doesn't fit the beginning or the life of Jesus, I sit back and say, it's not true. And I know a lot of people are panicked. Bob, you're shouting. But I'm passionate about this, people. I am passionate about this. And I know there's there's not many people that listen to this podcast, and that's fine. I do this because... I have to get it out of me. I have to get this out. And I know I'm not the only one out there that does it. I I do that. I I know that. There are theologians that have done this. And honestly, there are progressive theologians that, that I don't agree with everything they come up with either. But the goodness of God is something I'm greatly passionate about. I believe God has been good all throughout time. And it's important that we recognize it. Rather than just read words on the paper and say, well, I guess that's what God does. God plays petty games with girls' wombs, because girls are just wombs. Wombs and boobs, and that's what they do. Have babies, milk babies, put them out in the fields to work. Well, that, was, that was a little rude one. <laughs> no, it's not the afternoon. I know I tend to get a little more passionate in the afternoon. It is a little later in the morning than, than some of the other ones, though. All right. Uh, Bob's like, okay, Bob, uh, what do you say? Next verse, maybe? <laughs> Yeah, probably be good to get on the next verse. Uh, this is gonna come up again, though. I can tell you. I, I've read the rest of the verses. All right, here we go. Jacob. Uh, Leah says, uh Rachel says, give me children or I die. So basically, this is that this is that whole idea of keep sleeping with me until we have more, till we have children. And Jacob's like, what am I supposed to do? Am I in the place of God who has kept you from having children? Oh, Ha, <laughs> ha, here we go again. I, 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 this is Jacob's mentality, right? This is who God is. Am I in the place of God who has kept you from having children? Surely this can't be Jacob's problem, right? Another misogynistic mindset. The only people who can't have children are, are women. Men men are always able to have children, right? Our, our seed is always ready, but it's the women something has to be wrong with you rachel or god would allow you to have children like this is he's just a jerk i'm sorry right here he's just a jerk i know that there are those he is i understand especially in the jewish faith they 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 love this guy and probably wouldn't appreciate my current picture of him and i'm sorry i don't mean to be offensive but i want to be at least somewhat realistic this guy is not being nice to his wife. He's not even being fair. to, Like, his perspective of God is way off. So she says to him, well, then here, here's my servant, who was, remember, she was the younger one. Sleep with her so she can bear children for me, and I, too, can build a family through her. So she gave him her servant, uh, Bila, as a wife, and Jacob slept with her, and she became pregnant and bore him a son. Like, boom, like that took nine months at least. She says, God has vindicated me, has listened to my plea, has given me a son because I she named him Dan. And then Bela conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. And Rachel said, I have, a, I have had a great struggle with my sister, but I have won, and I will name him uh, Naphtali. And then Leah saw that she had stopped having children, so she took her servant, Zippah, and gave her to Jacob as a wife. And Leah's servant bore Jacob a son. And Leah said, what good fortune. His, I will name him Gad. And Leah's servant Zippa bore her second son. And Leah said, how happy I am. The women will call me happy. And she named him Asher. Oh, my gosh. This is like straight out of that, uh, that show. I don't know if any if you guys have ever watched The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, I think it's a Hulu original. Uh, or no. I don't. I honestly don't know. I know I've watched it. On Hulu, but that is not a plug for Hulu. I'm just saying that's where I watch the show. So, Hamids, hey, this this is like straight out of that, right? This is this is my job as a woman. My identity as a woman is in this culture is to generate male babies for my husband. And if I can't do it, then I will use and abuse another woman who is of lesser rank than me, and I will give her to my husband to have sex with. And whether you consider that rape or not is up to you. I think it hits that definition, but I, I, I'm I, not gonna tell you how to define it. But, But you got one woman who says, I'm gonna give you another woman, and it's her job to sleep with you. And that second woman, has, has been raised as a servant, it's her job to do what she's told. Go in there, take off your clothes, sleep with my husband. Yes, my lady. All right, no, she didn't call her a lady. Yeah, you know, unless my, my, my mistress. Yes, Lord. Whatever she called her. Boom, lay down, take care of business. Turns out she's pregnant. Nine months later, she has a son. Yes. And And Rachel's all excited by this. She takes full credit for, for what she did. I mean, what kind of mentality is this? This is horrible. This is not of God. You'd say, well, what about the 12 tribes of Israel? You know, you know somebody had to start having babies. Rachel was barren, and, and God wasn't coming through, and this is all part of God's plan to have the 12 tribes of Israel come from a couple servant girls and a couple regular girls and, and a few wives, and Jacob gets to sleep with them all, and, and just, you know, this is God's will. Men should have multiple wives and multiple children from all the wives because we should populate the. Oh my gosh, you stopped on. Stop to stop. Just stop. Oh. We don't. We, we read so many. I shouldn't say we. For most of my life, right? I read this stuff and never thought about the ramifications of it regarding the, the, the inequality. And abuse of women when I read these verses. Because it was all about oh, it was all about the will of God to bring about the twelve tribes of Israel. This is this is not God's plan. I I and and I know I know that God's plan went forward because God's goodness is freaking amazing. But this was not God's plan. It is not God's plan to see women raped. It is not God's plan to have multiple wives and have one guy just like Jacob and all of this, but like, he kind of has this, I picture him kind of like, well, all right, I'll sleep with, all right, I'll sleep with her too. All right, I'll sleep with you. All right, I'll sleep with that one. All right. You know, whatever it's, it's just, it's pathetic. He's pathetic and they're being abused. That's, that's my opinion. I understand it may not be popular, but that's my opinion. He's pathetic. Maybe I'll put that even in the description when I write up my description of this episode because it's, I'm just, I'm, I'm, it's like as I'm talking, I don't really practice these, right? I I write out basic notes on the, uh, on the the verses that I'm going to cover and I just kind of let it fly. So we'll see what happens. Here we go. All of, all of this, all of this is continuing, this culture, right? And then we get to verse uh, 14. During the wheat harvest, Reuben went out into the field. So he's got to be, I don't know, any hes he was one of the first ones, right? If I remember correctly. I have to look back at my notes from, uh, yeah. Uh, this was the uh, first son of Leah. So he's probably about 12 because he's out in the fields. And this is uh, this whole, all these verses from the end of 29, through the end of chapter 30, it takes place in about a 13-year period from, from, uh, from the first wedding. So there you go. So Reuben goes out to the field. And in the fields he found some mandrake plants, which evidently was a wonderful thing to find for the cooks. And he brings it to his mother, Leah. And Rachel says to Leah, give me some of your son's mandrakes. But she said to her, "Wasn't it enough that you took away my husband? Will you take away my son's mandrakes too?" Now, this is <laughs> this is this is a horrible comparison. If you're Jacob, you just got equality e- equaled with mandrakes. Your value is that <laughs> of mandrakes, some roots from the field that taste good in a meal. Like what? <laughs> if he only knew, right? What does your wife think of you? Well, I have the value of a small plant that goes into a, that goes into a, uh, you know, the dinner dish. That's about it. That's my value. Ta-da! Ridiculous. Ridiculous. All right. Sorry. Move on. Uh, but she said to her, "Wasn't it enough?" Okay. So, so Rachel says, "Very well. He can sleep with you tonight in return for your son's mandrakes." So they make an exchange for for Jacob for that night. This is, again, straight out of like the handmaid's tale, like just, just ridiculous reasons to go sleep with somebody. And the women treating each other with the same value that men put on them. Right? There, there's, no, there's no culture within the women's camp to be like, we need to at least value ourselves. So Jacob comes in from the fields that evening, and Leah went out to meet him and said, ha ha, you must sleep with, must sleep with me. What? I hired you with my son's mandrakes. And he's like, oh, all right, well, let's go have sex. Like, what? This is insane. God, oh, see, now listen, if you ever, you know, if you're ever involved in ridiculous behavior, Throw God into the mix. Verse 17, God listened to Leah and she became pregnant and bore Jacob a fifth son. And Leah said, God has rewarded me for giving my servant to my husband. So now she thinks it's a good idea that she sent her her husband, her servant to sleep with. Again, whatever your filter is on that. So she named him Issachar. And Leah conceived again. So evidently, he was like, wow, that was fun. Let's uh, let's sleep together uh, 10 months later. And she did. And she bore him a sixth son. And she said, this is the most precious gift. I'll name him Zebulun. And sometime later, she gave birth to a daughter and named her Dinah. Then God remembered Rachel. He listened to her and enabled her to conceive. So evidently, this guy is sleeping with... Multi, like oh my gosh, I just I just uh. somehow in all of this because babies are being born and sons are being born, everybody thinks well this is clearly God blessing our behavior. God's okay with all of this. When God's goodness shows up in the middle of your bad decisions, it doesn't mean your decisions are good, and it doesn't mean He He's in favor of them. That's that's a perception we put on it. That's a man-made perception that somehow God's good with all of our stuff as long as good stuff happens with it. You know, I decide to speed, so I get to the meeting on time and people are blessed. So, okay, God's good with me breaking the law. No. I see, you know, I see uh, whatever, and I steal it. But I end up using it to help a homeless man, so God's good with it. It's, It's, trust me, he's not good with it. It's an opportunity for you to see his mercy and his goodness and his grace in the middle of your insanity. And this is insane to me. Can you tell by the strain on my voice? Am 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 I straining enough? I keep glancing down at the little blue lines on my recording device and they're like red, red, red. And it's like, Bob, just calm down. I did not plan on getting this worked up, but it just bothers me. It bothers me because so many years, for so many years, people in the ministry just ignore the culture that that this perpetuates on women and on men. Because I deal with it. I, I guess that's where it's coming from. I deal with it. I deal with, with marriages that are falling apart because men have this attitude. Marriages that are falling apart because women often, what, what is, at least in my experience, the women have become awakened to their identity and to their value in God because they're going back to the beginning where they see their identity coming from heaven And they look at Jesus and and see how he viewed women equally in value, and actually said there is no male or female. It's all equal under heaven. And they start to draw their identity from these places that are true places of identity, and the men panic because it's like, I can't control my woman, she needs to submit. She needs to show appreciation for, for my amazingness and have sex with me. I mean honestly, it's just it's 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 sad. It's sad and at some level I'm kind of yelling at myself because I missed it for years as well. I'm glad I'm glad I don't miss it now. So, there you go. So, quote God, remembered Rachel and enabled her to conceive and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son and said God has taken away my disgrace. Now remember When old uh, old uh, uh, Bela Bela was conceiving, she was all like, oh, God is happy with me. Oh, I have a son. Oh, now the world is, like, I will always be happy. She keeps naming her sons, right? And now she's like, oh, I have my own. Those others are a disgrace to me because now I have my very own. And she named him Joseph. And she said, may the Lord add to me another son. So when Rachel bears a son, kind of the the shift of focus begins in Jacob's life. Like uh, Jacob was kind of not really seeing a way out. He was kind of seeing himself stuck. His father was still alive, Esau was still alive. He really believed that if he showed up at home, he would be killed. Now he has a wife. Now he has a second wife. Now he's got like a, I don't know, not quite a dozen sons, but close to it. he's got a daughter. He's got servants that are having babies. He's and are kind of they they were technically wives, so they had some status in the house. but Rachel had was the superior wife, and Leah was the second superior wife, and then you had the the whatever it was a freaking mess. So he feels kind of stuck in the rhythm. Like you wonder why Jacob went out to the field every day despite the fact that he clearly was. Able to handle? Hey, wouldn't what, what you? You had four wives, all begging to sleep with you because they want your next child. Ay, remember, he's in his 80s. He's out on the field every day. I think he feels very stuck. He needs to get out of his comfort zone. Esau's back at home. He's probably expanding the family business, expanding their connections. It's been 13, 14 years. And I think he feels a real sense of loss and disappointment rather than feeling blessed. He looks around and says, I'm stuck here. I'm in essence Laban's servant. I don't have any wealth of my own. I don't have any house of my own. I have a lot of children. I guess I'm blessed that way. All my women want to sleep with me. I guess that's supposed to be good. All the guys at, you know, at the, at the, I don't know, hookah lounge. They all, they all are excited for. Oh, oh, Jacob, you got, so you got yourself some good women. Whatever. So Joseph looks at, uh, is born, and Joseph equals basically his true love, giving him a true heir. The woman he considers to be his his first wife, his first love, his true love, the one that he has given dominance to of the home to, now has given him a son. Now he has a, a reason to go home and claim the family wealth. Does that do you understand what I'm saying? I think up until this point. They're just, everybody knew, everybody knew that all these other kids he was having were from servants and from a second tier wife who he was tricked into marrying. So like, there was just a lot of question about who it was, but now Rachel has a wife or has a son. Sorry. Rachel has a wife. Oh, Bob, that, that took a real turn. I know. And now he's thinking, I think I can go back home now There, I I have enough family resources to go home and claim my role, the one that I I own. I own the birthright. I own the blessing. I need to to go lead the family. So after, right, this is verse 25. After Rachel gives birth to Joseph, Jacob says to Laban, send me on my way so I can go back into my own homeland. Give me my wives and children for whom I have served you, and I will be on my way. You know how much work I've done for you. Hmm. This is this is panic time for Laban, right? He knows that Jacob feels trapped. He's the one who has kept Jacob uh, trapped. He's the one who has manipulated Jacob's circumstances so that Jacob really didn't have anything on his own. Jacob couldn't just pick up and leave. The more kids he had, the more cumbersome it becomes to walk across the desert. Especially if you don't have any money. If everything's tied into the family value, you know, family bank account, so to speak, the family's wealth. So he comes, and this this proposal is let's separate, let's let's find our own stuff, let me start to accumulate my own personal wealth. So Laban, of course, is a bit panicked. He says, "Well, if if I've found favor in your eyes, stay. I mean, I have learned by divination that lo- the Lord has blessed me because of you. Really, divination? You mean like by multiplication? You figured it out. You mean because when he showed up, you had about a hundred dollars, and over the last fourteen years, you have about a you have about a hundred million dollars. Yeah, that's divination, all right. You're you're sitting at home counting money." You're purchasing things, building things, making commitments that you know Jacob is going to be the one who's actually paying the bills because he's doing all the work. And he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, like I had this this amazing uh, insight from heaven. <laughs> Stay with me," he added. Uh, "Name your wages, I will pay them. Well, you you want to get paid? I get it. I get it. You know, you're you're 89 years old." you have a lot of kids and wives, you know, you probably want to take them out for dinner sometime. Like, Fine. Name your wages. I'll, I'll work out. I'll work it out. Jacob says, all right. Now Jacob didn't go in stupid, right? Jacob's wise. He knows that Laban is very greedy and he uses the greed against him. He says to him, "Uh, all right, you know how I've worked for you and how your livestock has fared under my care. And, And I'm sure Laban's like, well, not, well, whatever. But of course, everybody knows, right? The little you had before I came has increased greatly, and the Lord has blessed you wherever I've been. Well, basically, I'm sure Laban's like, well, get on, get to your point, get to your point. (laughs) And, And that phrase, like, wherever I've been, means that Laban had moved him around, probably from the sheep to the goats to the camels, you know, I, I decided to expand this year. You know, we're, we're going to start breeding donkeys. I want you to take on that new division. Start from zero. Let's build that up. And it, and it did. So he says, now do, I want to do something for my own household. I want this to be mine, not ours. Mine. Well, what what do you want? I'll give it to you. No, 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 no. I don't want you to give me anything, Jacob replied. But if you'll do this one thing for me, I will go on tending your flocks and watching over them. Oh, Laban's thinking, this is awesome. This man's an idiot. Awesome. Let me go through your flocks today and remove from them all the speckled and spotted sheep. Every dark colored lamb, every spotted and speckled goat. I'll collect those and that will be all that I get paid. Wow. Hmm. And my honesty will testify for me in the future. For whenever you check on your on the wages you have paid me, any goat in my possession that doesn't have speckles or spots or stripes, any lamb that is not dark colored, you can consider it stolen, which of course is a pretty intense punishment. Laban like, agrees to this. The idea that he was like agreed, like he was like, this is awesome. Speckled and spotted goats are, are like, nobody wants them. Like the wool, nobody wants a jacket that's, that comes from the wool of a speckled or spotted, you know, goat or, or skins or, or the wool of of a you know of a, of a black sheep. Nobody wants a black sheep. Everybody wants a white wool because you can dye it all kinds of colors and you can reflect the sun with it. No, no, no. This is this guy's an absolute fool. Yes, oh, this is a great deal. So the same day, the same day. This is how quickly Jacob moved, right? He moved in a way that basically forced Laban to not really reconsider what was going on it seemed ridiculously one-sided for Laban he was he was overwhelmed with with how uh, foolish of a deal Jacob was making because Jacob seemed like a really wise person Jacob seemed like a really good businessman this was like Laban agrees yeah let's do that all right today oh well, well fine all right today so Jacob goes out the same day and starts to remove all the male goats that were streaked, spotted, striped, whatever you want to call it, speckled, spotted female goats, all that had white on them he took, all the dark-colored lambs he took uh, and placed them in the care of his sons. So they you know, put together a big pen of all these things. Let's separate them all. Let's separate them all. And his sons are working them. And his sons are anywhere from, like I said, probably 13 says 8 or 9 like they just you 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 didn't get to stay home and play with legos like you figured out how to be helpful and if you didn't figure it out you're probably swatted upside the head with a you know with a rod and a staff so all this is going on on the on the day and he separates them all and and Laban's probably thinking wow that was you know kind of quick and he put a 3 day journey between himself and Jacob while Jacob continued to tend the rest of Laban's flocks. So he travels three days away so that there's no question as to whose lambs and goats are whose. And there he sets up the family compound. And then he goes back to work for Laban. And so we're, we're <laughs> this is this is one of those weird kind of things, right? This is one of the weirdest verses in the Bible. He continued to, to tend the rest of Laban's flocks. Jacob, however, took fresh-cut branches from the poplar, almond, and, and plane trees and made white stri- stripes of them by peeling the bark and exposing the white inner wood of the branches. And he placed those peeled branches in all the watering troughs so that they would be directly in front of the flocks when they came to drink. And when the flocks were in, the, in heat, in other words, they were ready to make babies, they would mate in front of the branches, and they would bear young that were streaked and speckled or spotted. And Jacob set apart the young of the flock for, by themselves, but he made the rest face the streak-colored uh, animals that belonged to Laban, but made the rest face the streaked and the dark-colored animals that belonged to animal, uh, Laban. Thus, Thus he made separate flocks for himself and did not put them with Laban's animals, Whenever the stronger females were in heat, Jacob would place the branches of of the troughs in front of the animals so that they would be near the branches. But when the animals were weak, he wouldn't place them there, and the weak animals went to Laban, and the strong ones went to Jacob. In this way, the man grew exceedingly prosperous and came to own large flocks of female and male servants and camels and donkeys. What is going on? What is going on? This is this is this is this is like a wives tale, right? You you put speckled uh branches in the water, and the the goats and sheep that are in heat and ready to make babies make speckled and spotted babies because they're looking at speckled and spotted branches in the water. Even though the male and females that are making these babies are solid colors. It didn't matter. They look at the branches and give out speckled babies and and then Jacob would just be like well I guess this one's mine and he'd he'd cart that one off and that way there anytime Laban would come and look at uh, the fields of Jacob he'd be like wow they're all speckled or spotted like he doesn't have a solid lamb a solid goat anywhere and Jacob would would do this so the stronger ones the ones that you know could handle Long journeys, the ones that can handle, um, you know, the the lack of water or being in the sun longer or whatever, like the strong uh, animals, he would make sure that the spotted and striped uh, branches were in the water when they drank. And then when the weaker animals kind of came along, the runts, he would take all those all those branches out, and they would just drink the water plain. And they would would give birth to solid colored animals. So the weaker animals kept going to Laban and the stronger animals kept going to Jacob and so his flocks got got huge because his flocks kept giving birth right it wasn't like only Jacob's uh, only Laban's uh, flocks were were making babies Jacob's literally making babies of his own through his flocks and making babies through uh, Laban's flocks because of the whole striped speckled uh, branch thing going on in the watering troughs so he's got basically a, a you know multiplication going on. Laban's only got addition going on, and the addition that he has keeps getting weaker and weaker. Now, verse 43 says, "In this way, man grew ex- the man grew exceedingly prosperous. So he started working his own uh, trade deals, started working his on his own with various merchants. Started uh, he's three days away. Remember, three days journey." So he commutes to, you know, Laban's flocks, hangs out with them probably until they're, you know, until they give birth, and then, and then he uh, makes a call out, and a few of his sons come over, and they drive the spotted and speckled ones away after they've, uh, after they're done being weaned off their mom. And his flocks keep growing, and he needs to hire more servants, both, both male and female servants, and he has camels and donkeys because he has the money to afford them. And he's seeing tremendous prosperity. And what's the whole deal with the spotted speck- speckled thing? Listen, I, other than it being tied into some crazy legend of farmers and, and herders, I see a spiritual lesson in here. And that is, what you focus on, you become. That's, that's the principle of the legend. That if the sheep and the goats see speckled and spotted things, they produce speckled and spotted things. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm not a, know i am not am not a sheep or goat herder. I don't know if this is real. But I think that at some level, Jacob, Jacob believed it, and he did it by faith. He had faith that what, what you look at, you become. And despite all the insanity of his home life, all the ridiculous uh, beliefs regarding females and their roles in culture, he evidently had faith in this legend that, that God would come through for him. And at some level, we can take that principle home with us. What we look at, we reproduce. This is why its worship is so important to the Lord. It's not because he needs it. It's because he knows what you look at, you become. And when you look at him, you become like him, which is exactly the way we were created to be. From the beginning, we were created in the image and likeness of God. And when we worship him, we become like him. When we look at him, we reproduce him. And that's our identity. That's our destiny. That's the purpose and direction of our lives. I hope you had a great day today, everyone. I look forward to the next episode of the Epic Narrative. I'll see you again here soon. Don't go anywhere. We've got Bob Thoughts. (laughs) Well, I gotta say today's thoughts it almost seems redundant because clearly I gave you a ton of thoughts of it that I was having during this episode, especially when it just comes to the overall dynamic, social dynamics of a household in the environment of Jacob versus today. But just the way that that even in today's culture, church culture, that kind of environment just kind of gets perpetuated it it's just assumed that wives would be submissive that you know Rachel is a great example of that Leah is a great example of that like it's it's just yeah I'm not going to get all fired up again here in the thoughts but I just want you to know I shared a lot of thoughts today (laughs) already with you it made me laugh when I got to the Bob thoughts section I was like well what else you got to say but uh I guess I guess one of the one of my other thoughts is um, how important it is that we don't look at God's goodness as approval. His goodness is going to come even more so, I think, is is released or available to us when we're making really good, wise decisions that are in alignment with the kingdom. Because it's just natural that the flow would increase because we're we're dealing with and walking in a realm that that is now wider and deeper. We make wrong, wrong sinful, bad decisions. And, and within that realm, God's goodness is still there because there's nothing you can do to lose it. So it's always gonna be there. And sometimes, as I said there toward the end, it's very easy to look at bad decisions when God's goodness shows up and say, well, I guess God was good with it. God was fine with my decision. But I would encourage you, uh, I would encourage you with these thoughts that you go, go back over there, over these things that you thought God was in favor of. Lying, cheating, stealing, um, gossip. uh um Yeah, whatever. Uh, there's a, uh, why go through that whole list? But anyways, just go through and just see where God's goodness still, still came through for you. And let's, let's worship him for that. Let's thank him for that. Let's Let's not beat ourselves up because that's something the enemy wants to do. He wants to bring shame and guilt and depression and 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 all that negative stuff. That's not of the Lord either. God God wants you to look at those things and not and not feel worse about yourself, but feel better about him, to worship him more. So let's do that. Let's focus on the goodness of God and then worship him for it. Let's be thankful for when it showed up despite our our choices and despite our decisions and and let's worship him for it and in doing so our focus will begin to what reproduce within us the thing that we're focused on and our focus will start to bring more thankfulness more goodness more um, more godlike character because we're focused on him I mean it it it, it it's such an incredibly deceptive thing that the enemy would take the goodness of God in our lives and when we think about it, turn it into something that we now feel bad about because we, well, I didn't deserve it. I don't deserve it, I don't deserve it. Why not just be grateful for it? And in that gratefulness, allow God to reproduce in you what it is that you focus on, right? You reap what you sow. It's an amazing principle throughout all of creation. And we've seen it so many times in the story of Genesis. Hey guys, I hope you guys are having a fabulous day. I look forward to connecting to you again next week on The Epic Narrative.